Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is Thursday, and I'm pretty sure it's March the 4th. So, it even looks like spring here. We're not seeing anything green, but the buds are coming out on different plants. So, it's, it's moving forward. I have my little squirrel monk. I've taken him down from another spot and put him, putting him closer to the Buddha so he can enjoy the spring weather outside. So I hope you are hanging in there with me reading Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree. And if you can just listen and let it, a lot of it may seem really out of reach, either as a concept or as a reality. But just try to think about it and think about it in your daily life, how that creation of I and mine, how stressful that can be. So, void of suffering. And we were just talking about how for lay people, they must live in the midst of fire more than any other group of people. So this isn't just a concept for scholars or monastics. This, is a, this can be a reality for all of us to, uh, to end suffering. And we are mixed up in so much that we, that we assume is ours, it's our responsibility, it's ours to fix, ours to control. And letting go of some of that can bring a lot of peace. So the next section, this is in the chapter of Void, or void of I and Mine. Oops, this next chapter is, I mean, this chapter is Void of I and Mine, and the section we're on is called Void of Suffering. The meaning of the word Nibbana, or Nirvana, is clearly defined as freedom from dukkha, freedom from suffering, and as freedom from the mental defilements, which are the causes of dukkha. And those mental defilements are those unskillful um, things that get into our minds. So they're unskillful, in the, they're unwholesome or unskillful. They, they keep us trapped in samsara. They don't allow us to get beyond that. So those mental defilements are causing a lot of, they cause the suffering. At any moment that our minds are void of I and mind, that is Nibbana. So that's, Nibbana is that state where there is no suffering and no I and mind, which causes suffering and those mental defilements are gone. For example, at this moment, as we sit reading, you probably have a mind void of the feelings of I and mine, because there is nothing engendering those feelings. There are just the words you are reading for the sake of abandoning I and mine. If there is some voidness, and I merely use the word some, it's not completely or unchangeably void then you are dwelling within the sphere of Nibbana. Even though it is not absolute or perfect Nibbana, it is Nibbana just the same. 
so good if we're reading this together while we're while we're reading it we are in some there is nibbana present dhammas have many meanings levels and stages so dhammas remember the that's truth that's nature hi david Dhammas have many meanings, levels, and stages. The Dhamma, which is Nibbana, so the truth or the, the, uh, the part of nature, the Dhamma, which is Nibbana, lies in the mind of each one of you at the moment that you are to some degree void of the sense of I and mine. Please be aware of this egoless feeling. Just be aware of how it feels. Remember it well and keep it with you. Sometimes when you arrive home, it will feel as if you've entered someone else's house. Or doing some work at home, you will feel as if you are helping out with someone else's work at someone else's home. This sort of feeling will increase steadily, and the dukkha that used to be associated with home and work, the suffering, that used to be associated with home and work, will vanish. You will abide with a mind void of I and mine at all times. This is to take Nibbana or Sunyata, which is voidness, that, that emptiness, empty of I and mine, as the holy charm to hang constantly from your neck. Sunyata is a protection. Excuse me. Sunyata is a protection against every kind of suffering, danger, and misfortune. And sunyata, again, is that, that voidness, that letting go of I and mine. It is the genuine holy charm of the Buddha. Anything else is just a fake. With my speaking like this, you'll soon be accusing me of giving you a big sales pitch. Don't think of me, this is Buddha Dasa talking, don't think of me as someone hawking the Buddha's wares in the marketplace. Think rather that we are all companions in dukkha, in birth, old age, sickness, and death, that we are all disciples of the Lord Buddha. If anything is spoken to stimulate interest, it is with good intention. Yet those with sufficient satipanya, which is that uh, mindfulness and wisdom will be able to see for themselves without having to believe me. That seeing will increasingly open the way for further studies, for further study towards the ultimate truth. In this spirit of investigation, we will move our study to the subject of the datus, the elements. And often uh, the the uh, Elements are not, we, they're important in Buddhism, but we don't study them a lot. Oh, allergy season is <laughs> on the move. That's a sign of spring too, I guess. Uh, the next chapter is called Elements of Sunyata. The word datu, or element, has the same meaning as the word dhamma. Okay, so the elements in Dhamma and phenomena can mean the same thing. The root is uh, 
dir. So it's it means to maintain, cherish, hold, support. A datu is something that can maintain itself. Just as with dhammas, changing datu maintain themselves through change, through changelessness. Okay, let me read that sentence again because I'm suddenly... <laughs> Oh, I am I am feeling well, but allergies. Yeah, okay. Allergies means flowers soon. Okay, good. Let's let's think about it that way. Okay, my allergies are coming out, so things are going to bloom. Just as with dhammas, changing datus maintain themselves through change, and unchanging datus main themselves maintain themselves through changelessness. We ought to study these datus, which are things incapable of being self. What sort of elements do you know that could be voidness itself, the essence of sunyata? Students of physics and chemistry know only the material elements, of which there are over a hundred, with more being discovered all the time. None of these elements could ever be sunyata, or voidness, or uh, no I at mine. None of these elements could ever be sunyata itself. If we say they are sunyata, we mean that their deepest meaning is voidness, but they aren't sunyata itself, because they are ma- merely material elements, rupadhatu. There are also immaterial elements, arupa datu, elements of mind or consciousness which lie beyond the domain of physics and chemistry. One must study the Buddha science before one can understand the immaterial, intangible elements which are a matter of the mind and heart. I like that he... Uh, he the Buddha science lies beyond the domain of physics and chemistry. The voidness element. In which of these two kinds of elements does voidness abide? If a person were to say that sunyata is a material element, his or her friend would die laughing. Some people would say that it is an immaterial or formless element. And here, the noble ones, the adiyah, those are the uh, in, enlightened being, the enlightened humans. They would die laughing. Voidness is neither a material nor an immaterial element, but is a kind is a third kind of element that lies beyond the ken of ordinary people. The Buddha called it quenching element or cessation element. The words material element, watudatu or form element, rupadhatu, refer to materiality in visible forms, sounds, odors, taste, or tactile objects. Formless element, arupadhatu, refers to the mind and heart, to mental processes, and to the thoughts and experiences that arise in the mind. There is only one kind of element not included in these two categories, 
an element that is the complete antithesis and annihilation of them all. Consequently, the Buddha sometimes called it coolness element, nibbana dhatu, sometimes quenching element, niroda dhatu, and sometimes deathless element, amata dhatu. Niroda dhatu and nibbana dhatu both mean quenching. It is the quenching element, the element that quenches all other elements. Amata dhatu means the element that does not die. All other elements die. They must die because it is their nature to die, the nature of all conditioned things. Niroda dhatu is not tied to birth and death. On the contrary, it is the utter quenching of the other elements. Sunyata is that which dwells in this element, and so it might also be called sunyata datu, for it is the element that is the source of voidness for all other datus. If one is to understand those things called datu, well enough to understand the Dhamma, they must be studied in this way. Don't be deceived into thinking that knowing the elements of earth, water, wind, and fire is sufficient. They are just a matter for children. And that's usually about all that we study in uh, basic Buddhist suttas. Those are the four elements that we look at, earth, water, wind, and fire. Uh, they are just a matter for children, Buddha Dasa says. Those elements are already spoken of and taught. Those elements were already spoken of and taught about before the time of the Buddha. One must go on to know the immaterial conscious consciousness element, vijnana datu, the space element, akasa datu, and the voidness element, sunyata datu which is the utter quenching of earth, water, fire, wind, consciousness, and space. The element of voidness is the most wonderful element in all of Buddhism. In short, earth, water, wind, and fire fit in the category of form element. And rupa means form, so rupa datu. The mind, sense consciousness, and mental processes fit in the category of formless element, arupa, or not form, formless element, arupa datu. Then nibbana, this voidness element, sunyata datu, belongs in the category of quenching element, niroda datu. You must find a quiet time and place to sit and look at all the elements, you will see clearly that there are only these three kinds. Then you will begin to discover sunyata datu or nibbana datu. That's what the book, this book is about. And we'll understand this anatta or sunyata that we are discussing here. So anatta is, uh, is, is what we also are calling uh, sunyata. So we always think about Anatta is one of the three uh, characteristics of all beings, and that is the no-self no element.
sunyata, we may lay down the principle that in grasping at and clinging to eye and mind, there are form elements, rupadatta, dhatu, and formless elements, arupadatu. In the absence of clinging to eye and mind, there is the cessation or quenching element, and that's the naroda dhatu. Conversely, one may say that if the quenching element appears, one sees only sunyata, the state free of eye and mind manifests itself clearly. If any other element enters, one will see it as form, name, visible object, sound, smell, taste, tactile object, feeling, memory, thought, consciousness, and so on. Each one in the whole confusing part has a part to play in the arising of clinging which can appear as love or else as hate, somewhere on that spectrum. We all have just two dominant moods, satisfaction and dissatisfaction. We are familiar with only these two. And that's with our feelings. We think of, um, you know, pleasant or unpleasant. This is satisfaction and dissatisfaction. We have been interested only in gaining that which is felt to be desirable, and in, and in fleeing from or destroying that which is felt to be disagreeable. Things are unceasingly busy, and the disturbed mind is never void. What must we do to make it void? For it to be void, we must overcome or go beyond all those busy elements and come to dwell with the element of sunyata, or voidness, or anatta. Well, let's see. Do we have time to read? We only have... Let's stop there. But we, the next reading we'll do, which will be... Today's Friday, which will be Sunday, is uh, Beyond All Elements. So that's just the last check, uh, section, and it's only two pages in this short chapter, Elements of Sunyata, Beyond All Elements. And I think we're going to like this ending to this chapter. So if you aren't familiar with the elements, and most of us are just familiar with the elements as they're discussed in the the uh, Satipatthana, the, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness Sutta, and he's saying those are the four that are they're just for children. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, it's okay. We can be children. Every day we can feel like we're children just starting out on this journey. There's always, there are always other things to learn, but the basic things are what are most important. And so for some of us, for there are some people who it might, they might be struggling with taking things in, but suddenly they may, may hear one particular way of describing something and things become clear. And it, so that's why sometimes it's good to listen to lots of different teachings. Don't get overwhelmed with them, but be familiar with different teachers and think about different 
aspects that you're interested in, that we don't need to be, um, you know, there's only that handful of leaves that are really important, the things that the Buddha came to talk about. But um, sometimes it's helpful to hear different ways of presenting those, the, that handful of leaves. And the thing that will get you, will, will work with your mind to help it un- unlock, those doors unlock. So I hope you're liking uh, Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu. So we don't have much time left, but we can sit for a little bit. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't get all this stuff, and uh, just try to let that go, let that go. Just let it, let it soak in. Uh, good, good to listen to. You know, a lot of times we don't understand the words that are chanted, but we can feel, uh, we can just let our hearts open up when we hear it, and it can reach us on a different level. And I think, uh, Teachings can be that way, too. And we can hear something and think, uh, I don't even understand what what uh, Buddha Dasa is talking about. And we can just hear it, though. And we'll pick up elements that we do understand. But sometimes just hearing it can be good for us and kind of help us uh, help us stay on, stay on a good path. It can remind us of some beautiful things, whether we understand them. (laughs) Eva says, yes, brain exploding. (laughs) I feel that way a lot, Eva. (laughs) Reading this book, I feel that way often. So uh, don't let your brain explosion feel bad or negative. Don't let it overwhelm you or turn you away. Just think of it as listening to something beautiful, but in a language you don't understand. And let it just, let it penetrate a different way than through our intellect. And then one day, I know this often happens for me, one day I'll hear something and it makes something else that I've really been confused about or struggling with to understand. And it just will Oh, that's what that's about. That's it. and I see the, I start seeing those connections, and uh, that's that's beautiful when that happens. It's like doors begin to open up, mind doors. So now we can just let it all go. Just be with the breath. Be aware of the body breathing. Let your body relax, just let go, and let everything be. Just let things be the way they are. May we just begin to see the world more clearly, step by step. Letting nature be our teacher.
As we send healing to our own hearts, may I be well. May I be content. May I be at peace. May I feel safe in this world. We know we want to send it out. It doesn't just stay with us. As we begin to open our hearts, as we begin to really understand loving kindness and compassion and appreciative joy and equanimity, it's only natural and only real as we allow it to go forward and just radiate out from us. And we know there are people suffering with war, losing their homes, losing their lives, losing family members. We know this is happening in Ukraine, but also all over the world, in Ukraine and other places. May we send out loving kindness and compassion to all of the victims and to the hard hearts of the perpetrators. May their hearts soften. May their fear recede. May greed and anger be replaced with generosity and kindness. May delusion be replaced with truth. And all of this begins within each one of us. We can't look for it to come from any other source. Stay with the breath. So grateful that the body is taking care of us and allowing us to breathe each breath. Feel the breath in the body. Where do you feel your breath? Whenever you need to, just come back to this breath.
May everything we do today and think and say be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all sentient beings everywhere. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of my practice.